Hi there everybody, Ed asked me to chime in and let you know about me. My name is Dan and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing. Weird just means people marching to the beat of a different drum, not fitting into that hole that society wants to shove you into. On my show, The Power of Weird, I'm talking to people like me, the weirder the better. So when you're done listening to this great episode of the Dead America Podcast, come on over to thepowerofweird.com and start the descent into your weirdom. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. I'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. I can't believe it's time to wrap up this season already. I had a remarkable time and I talked to a lot of remarkable people. We're going to recap what we learned and the highlights I took away from each interview this season. Let's get into this. Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. Yes, that's the intro to the Mindset Podcast, a weekly attempt to open eyes and shedding light on what's really going on in the world, all done by ripping apart the media madness that masquerades as news. Join me, Gareth Davis, every Sunday on the Mindset Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Or you can go directly to the main Mindset website. That's www.mindsetcentral.com. Check out the Mindset Podcast. Bring your curiosity, your opinions, and a sense of humor. And remember that some worldviews are stranger than others. To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. This was a season of change and exciting new experiences for Dead America Podcast. With this season, we started off adding new things like transcripts. Doing these changes really upped our game in podcasting. We wanted to step in and challenge what we already knew, what we were already doing. We wanted to up our presentation to make it better for our listeners. So what we did is we sat down and we looked at the past, how we have been podcasting. And then we went to work on what we needed to change to make it a little bit better. What we did is we focused more on understanding our guest 
and how to ask better questions. Each time we step up to an interview, we try to bring the best questions, and sometimes it doesn't always work that way. For instance, our first interview of the season was with Jaquinton Means. This young man was very impressive. The day of the interview, I was not at the peak of performance. I could barely put together a sentence. But Jaquinton somehow saved the interview, and we were able to get an episode that was worth being put out. Sometimes it's not easy stepping up when you're not feeling your best. But that's part of podcasting, and that's part of interviewing. Sometimes you have to lean on the people that you're interviewing. And this is part of the new experiences that I'm talking about. Not only did we bring transcripts, but we brought a new way of interviewing understanding how to lean on the guest a little more when I really need to. Sometimes I really am appreciative of our guest and how they come through with their presentation. It just blows me away. Every interview that I do, I take something away that really impresses me. I want to share with you some of the clips and what I took away from our interviews this season. We start off with Jaquinton Means, and we'll go in order down to Roman Miranov. Let's take a few minutes and listen to the highlights that I took away from this season. Also, I would enjoy it if you would send me your thoughts and your opinions on this season and what part of the season you enjoyed the most, it sure would help to produce better episodes in the future for you. Let's get into my favorite highlights of this season. How did you think writing this book would in any way help the political structure and the society's attitude towards the black people today? Uh, in, in my mind, I, I believe that there's so much psychological trauma that has been passed down um, from the slave times to my generation. Um, a lot of fear-based trauma a lot of white people being afraid of black people, a lot of black people being afraid of white people because of what happened during slavery. I mean, I, I believe, you know, we've all seen the pictures of slaves, you know, slaves' backs after they've been whipped, the kind of chains and collars that they had around their necks. Um, we know the stories of the lynchings and, you know, the different things that happened um, throughout our history and, you know, sadly at times still happens today. Uh, so I kind of wanted to show people that we are afraid of each other based off of the sins of our ancestors and in, in order for us to overcome this trauma and to be healed by it, we need to be honest that it happened, deal with it, process it, and then hopefully through understanding um, the sins of our forefathers, we can create something different for the children of tomorrow. Um, and I just believe that we can't get to that point 
unless we're willing to deal with the sins of the past and overcome them, you know, at the end of the day, and I guess this is probably kind of a controversial statement, but, you know, America was built on the back of slaves um, and it was built on a lot of blood and turmoil. Um, so in order to make that right, I believe that the only thing that we can do is be honest about that, upfront about that, talk about it, discuss it amongst ourselves, have those feelings of guilt, have those feelings of anger, rage, um, have those feelings of, you know, feeling absolutely hopeless. Um, and then through that understanding that we're all human and that we need each other to survive. Um, and that's, that was really the goal of the book. Um, and I, you see it more towards the end of the book and you will in the future books too, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's not so much about black and white as it is about, you know, we need each other. Where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? And is there anything that you'd like them to do for you? Um, they can find me on my website, uh, thewonderingalchemist.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook um, at Jaquentin Means. Um, Instagram is J-A-Q underscore M-E-A-N-S. And uh, TikTok, uh, The Wondering Alchemist, or at The Wondering Alchemist. Um, I, my call to action for people is to try to understand your neighbor. You know, America is a melting pot. Um, it's, it's a mix of people of a vast different number of races, cultures, and religions. Um, so, so my call to action is before we judge each other, before we get mad about the sins of our ancestors, before we, you know, feel guilty or not guilty about what's happened in our past, that we seek to learn a little bit more about each other, um, that we seek to love each other as neighbors um, outside of just our religion or our race. And we seek to grow together as both human beings and individuals um, so we can make this world a better place for our children. Well said. Jaquentin Means, his book, Willie, it's out now. You can find it on Amazon. I will send all the links into that show notes area, people. Hit the link, buy the book. It's a must-read book. Thank you, Jaquentin, for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. That was very hard for me to get at first, that mm -hmm. law of giving. Right. But boy, when I started giving, the flood yes. that comes with that is mm -hmm. remarkable. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Jacqueline. Yes. Um, it goes with everything has a season. And I read a few of your quotes. And you've got a quote, because even the rose had to wait to become a rose. I love that so much. It explains so much. Life, sometimes you have to wait to really understand what your true destiny is. Yes. Talk about destiny and why it's so important to seek destiny. Oh, wow. Yes, Ed, absolutely. So I actually do have a webinar where I go more in depth on the seven oracles of success and the spiritual principles. And then more so I have a four week coaching program, the, the dream life coaching program, where I really delve into these spiritual concepts and principles that you can come into a full understanding of. Uh, then you can, can walk in the fullness of their manifestation. One of them being destiny. 
The thing is this, there's free will and there's God's will. Okay. We all have, God's given us life. And then the next greatest gift is free will. We can choose to do whatever we want. We can go our own way, you know, whatever. But when you go to God and you seek his will for your life, that is the preordained destiny that he wrote for you. His plan, it's a specific and unique life path that he ordained for your life that he will guide you on, that he's already gone ahead to prepare the way, the doors of opportunity, the right relationships the right, to, to, to bring you to the right places at the right time, not only for your blessing, but for his glory. Because, you know, Psalm 23 says he'll lead you on paths of righteousness for his name's sake, because in your path of destiny, you're going to touch souls that you are destined to encounter for God's purposes to be manifest in and through you and for their life as well, you see. So we we are interconnected, but if we're just kind of meandering in life in our own free will, we can veer so far from the path of destiny and purpose that we can fail to fulfill it. And then people wonder why they end up with disease or in divorce or in addiction, which I, I call all these things demonic influence, you know, like even, you know, some people can yep. achieve some degree of financial success, but then there's still the the demonic influence, disease, divorce, destruction, addiction, that because it comes with a price when you follow the devil. But with God, he protects you from evil. He promises long life to you. You know, and I say the, the, you know, the rewards or the the retirement benefits of working for God and doing things his way are unbeatable. You live forever. It doesn't get better than that. (laughs) Plus the health benefits. God says, I heal you of all your diseases. Like I don't get sick. I don't even tolerate a sniffle. God has taught me the spiritual authority I have uh, in the name of Jesus that we all have because of what he did because he died to to give us to set us free from the the sin and evil to give us power and authority That's over right. the devil you know so we and need trusting to come in that power amen as our and and our true identity as sons and daughters of god you know when we get a full revelation of god's goodness and and the dominion he's really given us over the earth because god said i've given you power over all the power of the enemy the enemy has ashes under our feet you know so we can begin to tap into uh, the abundant life that God has for us, the the destiny and purposeful lives that we are created to live on earth with God, a heaven on earth. You know, that's the point. It's accessible to us now more than ever. Okay, you can visit my website at JacquelineMadison.com, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-M-A-D-I-S-O-N.com. You can find the magazine, God Foundation, if you want to give. You can find all my books, webinar, and the Dream Life program. God bless you all. Thanks, Ed. I love you, brother. What is your thought on how we live in our modern world? Should we stop building major metropolitans and go back to the family farms? Well, you know, what we have lost in the way of understanding of the agricultural life, it was one hell of a hard life. Hellishly hard to grow a crop out of a field of dry dirt. 
And as soon as fertilizers came along, that released the agricultural revolution. And then all of those post-war tanks turned into massive agricultural tractor machines. And we had the agricultural revolutions. If we remove that, we're back to a field of hard dirt. And so we don't want to merrily uh, dismiss what we have learned in order to go back to absolute backbreaking work of farming without some kind of mechanized, fuel-driven vehicles. You understand that we have to very carefully figure that out. But ultimately, uh, we become more village-oriented. We have fewer miles to travel to get where we're going. We've already discovered that so many of us can work from home. There is a huge office building just being built uh, a few blocks from me, It is just one of those glassy environmental cubes. I have no idea who is going to occupy it, but I can say it is absolutely obsolete before it opens its doors. And I don't know if the builders of that are keeping that truth from themselves in complete denial, or they expect 500 people to drive in there and park and physically go in and fill those offices. So how can people get a hold of you and connect and get involved with what you're doing? Thank you. Well, they can get the book at Amazon.com, and that is how uh, Fueling Change, How We Created Climate Change One Fuel at a Time. They can find me at HowWeCanStopClimateChange.com now.com, HowWeCanStopClimateChangeNow.com, where I have about 45 blogs. I've taken a leave of absence from blogging because of uh, COVID and uh, the personal tragedies of my own uh, particular situation. I'm about to start blogging again and uh, find me, uh, just Google Twyla Dell. I have four different websites. You will certainly find me there. Amazing woman. Twyla Dell, we thank you for being with us here on Dead America and enjoy your Thank afternoon. you, Ed. Thank you. Bye. I see from going through your social media accounts that you're big on family. Oh, yes. How do you organize your life to help keep family first in your life? You know, that really depends on your situation. I talk to people in a number of situations where, um, you know, fathers who are full-time providers, um, trying to make time for the kids, fathers who have found a little bit of flexibility in a mostly full-time job or a full-time or mostly full-time job um, by cutting out the commute or other things. Um, and then, you know, full-time stay-at-home dads. And uh, that's it's just something you have to experiment with what works for you. And my advice, again, is uh, make the big life changes by building up to it with small life changes. So um, one of the earliest uh, discussions I had with my wife was when our, our first child was born. And she was kind of taking care of all the responsibilities. And I thought she wanted to, she, she kind of seemed to just do it. So I let her. And then at one point she's like, I'm exhausted. Could you just do bath time uh, with our son? And I did that for, you know, half an hour. We just played. It was really fun. Um, every, you know, every day I tried to come up with, uh, 
you know, some new game to play with our kid, whether it was just like making funny sounds by uh, screechy sounds by wiping a wet finger on the plastic or whether it's pouring water in front of him and watch him try and catch it uh, in his hands. Um, you know, it, it was it was very enjoyable, but it, that was the beginning of all of our lifestyle design, right? And eventually, you know, bigger and bigger decisions happened when more was needed, right? I moved from uh, a really intense coding job to one that was more family friendly, friendly, smaller commute, shorter hours. Um, and then that wasn't quite enough. And so then I went stay at home dad for a while in Japan. Um, and that was too much. That was like too much craziness. And it didn't work out for our families kind of being remote. Uh, our kids didn't have a lot of opportunity to hang out with other kids. Uh, so we came back. Um, but like all those big things, um, like moving to Japan and being a stay at home dad, they came, they started with a small experiment saying like, Hey, what if I do this? What if I take the kids here? How can I fit more, more time in? Um, and it's just going to be really unique, uh, but start small. All right. So my listeners love to improve themselves. How can they get a hold of you connect and get involved with what you're doing? Yeah, sure. So that is easier habits kind of everywhere. Easier habits on Twitter. Uh, my channel is easier habits on YouTube. And of course there's easierhabits.com. You can go to my website, uh, check out my coaching. And then also I do uh, a blog right now that that'll give you show notes or details that don't come up, uh, in things that, uh, I have a, like my YouTube video, I might discuss a topic like screen time we've talked about or making life decisions with your partner. Um, and then my blog will kind of go into depth in little areas that I didn't really have time to cover in the video. So you can check that out on easierhabits.com. So why doesn't our regular antivirus software stop ransomware attacks? So it's a great question. And actually just Earlier this week and still right now, we're dealing with a law firm uh, that the it, this our system actually stopped the ransomware attack that that was happening that got through the antivirus. So, as you as you can imagine, these variants with that many different variants coming out and they change the way that those what they call a signature file of the individual variants changes on a minute by minute basis. So antivirus just can't keep up with the number of changes that are happening. And so like this law firm that that we're we're working working with right now, um, they had our product and it stopped the ransomware attack, but we're digging in to see you know, how exactly did it get through. The the way that it initially looks, a user clicked on an attachment with an email that was a Word document, opened that, it ran. The antivirus actually caught part of it and notified the, the user, but it really looks like that was just obfuscation to like make the user think that something was stopped but it was actually still running in the background and then that's where our application kicked in and saw that ransomware was actively trying to run and stopped it so i'm not i'm not sure if that completely made sense but it basically the short answer is it it's changing so fast that the antivirus can't keep up 
how can people reach out to you, get involved, and look more at what you do, Greg? Yeah, so our website is getcryptostopper.com, and people can email me directly at gedwards at getcryptostopper.com. All right, Greg, I thank you for your time today, and thank you for being on Dead America Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ed. So could you share with our listeners what made you decide to write a book and share your journey with the whole world to see? Also, what would be the target audience for this book? Another good question. So um, I was inspired to write it for a couple of reasons. Number one, as I was going through it, I kept thinking, why did nobody warn me about this? Nobody tells you these things. And I, I just, I couldn't figure out why nobody actually ever tells the truth about what really goes on. And then when my accumulation of side effects hit the fan so seriously and they became absurd, I started to laugh about it. And I thought, you know what? People might get a really good laugh at this. Um, and I've always found with my presentations on fitness and sports that if I can make the room laugh, then they stay really engaged in the message because they're looking for the next laugh. So I thought, wow, people would probably really enjoy hearing about this. So number one, getting into the gory details because nobody does. And, and I can tell you that once I was completed with my book, I went out and I checked out a few books at a library, women uh, memoirs from a few famous people. And while the memoirs are very nice, they reveal almost nothing. So as far as I know right now, I'm one of the only people who's told all the juicy, gory details. And the cancer patients and survivors that are reading it now unanimously come back and say, I wish I had it when I was diagnosed. That's one thing. And then the other thing that really inspired me to write the book is the fact that when cancer care collided with my profession, Things went haywire in a very interesting way. And there was just so many interesting, exciting stories to tell. I could have very easily titled the book Adventures in Breast Cancer. Um, but yeah, I think from what I, the feedback I get from other people, because it doesn't really matter what I think about the book, is they tell me it's very informative and it's a tremendous message of hope and perseverance. And I think when people get diagnosed with cancer, they start looking for two things, information and hope. And then last but not least, I think the running community will certainly get a great kick out of it because I bring them behind the scenes on what it's like to do what I do for these gargantuan events. And uh, they really enjoy learning a little bit of that. Well, you sure are an inspiration to a lot of people. So if people want to hire you for a speaking engagement or to announce their race, how would they contact you to get involved with you? Oh, thank you for asking. So I'm always available at fitness.com. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com. There's a contact fits form on there, but I'm always going to be at fitness.com. And it's a great wealth of information right there as well. And then I'm on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at fitness. Uh, so yeah, and I really enjoy it when people reach out, if they say, Hey, I heard you on the dead America podcast. I would love that. So, um, reach me at fitness.com or fitness on social media. What made you get into being a relationship coach 
after you went through a divorce. That's correct. So that was one big reason. I failed in my marriage and my wife got a divorce. So I had to, I had to realize, and that was a painful realization that I was actually sucked with women. I did not understand them at all. I did not understand how to build a relationship and how to keep it going. So I went out and started dating, started creating relationships, practicing every tip that I could get my hands on. And I think I learned a lot. So I felt that now I could actually help people with this because I'm relatable and I have this knowledge. That was one thing. The other thing is that I'm a big fan of self-improvement and Tony Robbins especially. I, I believe that the self-improvement tools that we have available to us really, really help us. And I do believe that we can help people with those tools. I thought that I could, you know, use, just be a great help to people in that area. And the third thing is I actually moved from Russia to Canada last year. So I had been a translator for 14 years before that. And after moving, I thought, okay, what's my, ne what, what's next for me? I wanted to shift my career and I got into coaching. So these three things, they came together and that's how I am now a coach. How can people connect with you and receive some of your relationship counseling? The easiest way is for, for your listeners to go to my website, which is www.romanmiranov.com, spelled as R-O-M-A-N-M-I-R-O-N-O-V. Hit the contact tab, sign up for a free consultation with me, and make sure to mention that you're coming off Adwater's podcast so that I give you a 30% discount of a coaching package. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon wherever you may be.